Uh, good morning, Neil. Good morning. Don't apologize. Yeah, we we got carried away talking, so we're a minute late. We apologize for that, but we're here full steam ahead, and it's downstream and drive day. And I suppose the best place to start, Neil, is with an introduction. Um, yeah, well, you're Stephen Healy, so good morning. <laughs> good morning, Stephen. <laughs> good morning, Neil. Um, John. Yeah. Um, yeah, good morning. Those that people that know me will will know me very well indeed already. But um, my name's Neil Jewson Smith. I'm a sergeant with um, Cheshire Police. Um, I've worked for two forces in my career. I'm currently with Cheshire Police, who I've been with since 2005. Um, prior to that, I was with Greater Manchester Police from 1991. So, um, if your maths and my maths are correct, and I'm not messed my pension up i've got just over 28 years service and just less than two years to do um and um on social media i've been a strong advocate for the police use of social media for many years um and um you'll find i initially started on on twitter as the custody sergeant anonymously um when twitter was quite a scary place for for police officers to be um and gradually that morphed into Sergeant TCS, TCS being the custody sergeant, because once I left custody and I went to work in the control room where I work now, um, the custody sergeant name didn't really make a great deal of sense. Um, so I've been Sergeant TCS ever since, and that's me. So thank you for, for hosting. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being with me. Um, you guys again talking about Don't Stream and Drive on Don't Stream and Drive Day. Well, you're welcome. That's that's what we look forward to. We look forward to this day because we can actually do something to uh, to support the cause and to get the word out about distracted driving. Now, I suppose the, the best place to start is with a simple question. And if I can find it, I've got it. What is streaming and driving? Because we need to know that in order to know what not to do. What not to do, exactly. Um, well, if I give a little background to start off with, with where it came from, um many years back now um we're probably talking 2015 um there's a gentleman by the name of nick Keane who um at the time was the college of policing's digital engagement lead and on a forum that i'm part of he asked a question and said has anybody heard of this periscope does anybody know what it's about um can people as in, is anybody using it? I didn't know what it was, um, but it turned out that Periscope, as we know, was the live stream platform that Twitter had purchased. Um, and being the kind of person that I am and pushing the boundaries, um, being, I suppose, a little bit of a social media disruptor as far as policing was concerned, um, I got involved with Periscope, started to look and saw some great opportunities to use that within the policing context and also for for sergeant tcs um, but what i started to notice was that people using that platform were live streaming video whilst they were driving so what is live streaming live streaming is your phone or whatever device it is that you use to connect to the internet um, using your phone and it's it's camera and photograph video functionality in order to capture video footage and immediately 
broadcast that that footage onto the internet for other people to see so that you are streaming your video live live streaming to the internet um one of the things that's come up over the years that's become a little bit more apparent now um as well as live streaming and driving is also those people who pre-record whilst driving and then post to a social channel such as snapchat snapchat you actually capture the footage unless mm -hmm. uh, and i'm a bit behind the touch with snapchat because i don't really use it anymore so unless it's changed but my understanding with snapchat is that you you record the footage and then you say yes post it to my channel so it's not actually live but the process that you're going through of holding your phone and recording and pressing it as that you would if whilst you were live streaming is exactly the same um but that's what it is it's about taking the video footage that you're capturing there and then and pushing it live onto the internet to share with friends and family and stuff and it's marketed in the uh the ways of you know you're taking a balloon flight drifting um, gently over the Serengeti um, and you share that broadcast with your friends to say, look, we're over the Serengeti, the sun's coming up, it's dawn, it's fantastic, how amazing. And, and there's an awful lot of live stream use that does things like that. People, you know, we're at the Sydney Opera House, look, here we are, and there's mm. the bridge and all these kind of things. But people are using it while they're behind the wheel and there's no place for it there's no need for it and in um in pretty much every occasion that i've seen it um it's the most mundane um boring unnecessary content it, it that you think why would you do that you sort of see on on somebody's epitaph if they if they've been daft enough to do this and, and ended up killing themselves you sort of think um at the time of, of 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 his or her death they were recording their steering wheel and what their speedometer was saying really mm. yeah it's hardly a noble purpose some of the social media channels though they're actually starting to get proactive about this uh, on reddit it's an automatic account deletion what now. streaming and driving is streaming and driving so some social responsibilities coming about in this are we still there are you, are you, we, yeah. can, we can hear you can you hear john yeah. i can't see or hear john at all all right shall i yeah yeah if, you, if right okay, we'll take it in turns this is live video things tend john to john. have <laughs> yeah yeah J john just told a, a story about reddit which he'll tell hopefully when he returns in a moment okay um and their attitude to streaming and driving has changed mm -hmm. right now the question is can you see john i can see john he's good right okay, well, what i was saying was that uh, some of the social channels are starting to take some form of responsibility it's an automatic account deletion if you're seen streaming and driving on reddit now excellent now that's good news i didn't know that i mean it's not a platform that i use um snapchat went through a phase a while ago um where um it flagged up the motion 
and said, "Are you are you moving? You shouldn't be doing it. Don't snap and drive, and and so on." Um, but I, I don't know whether, like I say, Snapchat was a, a fad for me that sort of came and went quite quickly. Um, but it's good to see that people are getting involved, and I think it's going to take a long time to get there. Um, some of the things that I've started to to report. Um, some of the broadcasts I see on Snapchat, I've started to report them to um, Snapchat. There isn't actually a process to be able to say, I think this is dangerous, um, but it, it just says that you, you find that there's some, you can, there's a way around where you say, I, I think there's just something that I don't find right about this. I think there's something wrong with this and hopefully they will pick it up. Um, but as ever with these things, when you're talking to the likes of Snapchat or Twitter or Facebook, trying to get a reply from them or a response is very difficult. Um, I've tagged Snapchat into countless broadcasts that I've posted over the last few weeks um, with the the Snapchat idiot hashtag that we've been using. Mm -hmm. um, but you can only hope that gradually somebody sees it over a period of time and says, well, what can we do about this? And maybe we can instill some change. That would be good because they they can do a lot more technology wise. They can do a lot more than individuals can or organisations can. They can actually control mm -hmm. what's actually broadcast. Yes. Yeah. I yeah. think it's it's very difficult, and I think with the amount of you you know, if you think of of um, of Twitter for example or Facebook, where you know Zuckerberg has recently been saying that he wants help with legislation to try and control some of the content on Facebook, but um, I think it's helping people understand not to do it and and giving people an opportunity to be able to point to somebody that is doing it and allow the organization to then do something about it as opposed to just ignoring it if there's like a a repository that it just goes into this is streaming and driving boom people look at it and perhaps send a warning to the user and say look we've, we've reviewed this broadcast you would have to have been driving at the time you were live streaming um we will um you know, if you continue with this, we, we will sort of suspend your account for three months or whatever it happens to be yeah. to try and build that up. Who knows? There's lots of options. Indeed. Now, talking of, of options, because we've all got the option to stream and drive or not, but what could happen if you do stream and drive from a practical Ooh. point of view? Yeah. Um, well, from a practical point of view, um, one of the things that um, we talk about an awful lot um, when um, when I'm challenging people and talking to people about the dangers of not just streaming and driving, but um, you making um, phone calls or sending texts or making hands-free phone calls whilst they're driving, is that the argument that is often thrown back at you straight away is that, um, well, my phone is in a cradle. My phone is completely hands-free. Um, I was on BBC Radio Stoke yesterday morning on a, on a, on a chat program, um, and it's, it's one of those interesting things where they sort of queue you up, and I, and I said, oh, right, I said, so are we, you know, are we going live? And they said, oh, yes, and I thought we were doing a pre-record. So I was like, mm -hmm, right, we're going live. Um, and you then, they then sort of plug you in so you can hear the radio program as it goes out live, but your microphone is muted, so you can hear the person that they're talking to beforehand. Um, and then eventually they bring you in. And 
I was listening to the chap beforehand who was saying he was an emergency response worker. I mean, he was an advanced driver. He was very careful. Um, he didn't come across as sound like he was a police officer, but whatever um, department and agency he worked for um, was saying that his mobile phone was hands-free and he didn't have to lift a hand or a finger off the steering wheel um, in order to take and make calls. Now, this comes up all the time because we say, I've got my hands on the steering wheel, I've got my eyes on the road, I'm perfectly fine. And the problem that we have with that is that it's not giving any attention or any, um, any thought to the fact that this is also needed as well. And um, cognitive distraction is something that people don't really immediately recognize. Um, they recognize if they're not looking at the road, they, they sort of understand they're not looking at the road. They recognize if they are um, only holding on with one steering wheel or they're steering with their knees whilst they do something with both hands. Well, often the cognitive distraction isn't immediately obvious to them. And so that's where a lot of the distraction comes in is because you've got, you can have your eyes on the road and the hands on the wheel, but you've not got your mind on the job. Um, and, um, that that can create sort of all sorts of problems. Um, as far as streaming and driving goes, um, it's very much the same. I think there are there are even I could argue for and I could argue against. I suppose, but I think there are. I I think streaming and driving is probably more dangerous than texting and making calls, and that's because it's got that ongoing permanent interaction um, that. Um, it requires people to um, read the comments, perform, talk to people, keep that conversation going whilst doing all the other things that come naturally as, as part of the driving process. I mean, I did a, a short live broadcast on Twitter this morning. I parked up at the side of the road after I dropped my kids off at school and, and, and came back, parked in a lay-by, turned the engine off and did a live stream broadcast just to say that we were going live at 10 o'clock this morning on Facebook. And one of the things that I sort of said there, I said, I could not do this broadcast that I'm doing now and looking at the phone and drive at the same time because my mind is focused on what I want to say and what I'm trying to say, the message I'm trying to get across, um, not um, what's going on around me. And one of the things that sort of comes up for me when I think about that is um, that people say, oh, well, my mind is on the job and, and what have you. But I think... They say, oh, the radio distracts you. And you think, well, sometimes you can listen to it. You can hear a piece of music start as you're driving down the road and you go, oh, that's a great tune. I want to listen to that from the start. So you push the little button on your steering wheel and, and drop it back to the beginning to play that music again. And then you're driving down the road, but something on the road has got your attention. And suddenly you've not, you think, I was trying to listen to that song and I've not listened to that song because something else got my attention on the road. So you can suddenly be missing something. So if you reverse that, if you're focusing on your phone and on the conversation and all the rest of it, well, then you're missing stuff that's going on ahead on the road in front of you. Um, but there's a lot of things that can happen. Um, 
the 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 basic things really if you're live streaming and driving is that you're you're less aware of, aware of what's going on around you what happens is that your your vision when you're driving is quite wide you have good wide peripheral vision you think about people coming down either side of your car traffic that's coming in your mirrors but your vision once you start to stream and drive and focus onto something else other than driving streaming and driving or whatever it happens to be your vision starts to tunnel so you, you, you lose a lot of that peripheral vision and you start to tunnel and you're only really seeing what's immediately ahead of you. Um, and in some cases, you're not even seeing that. You're looking, but you're not seeing. Um, so you're less aware of what's going on around you. You're less likely to see um, road signs. Uh, you're more likely to be able to fail to maintain your lane or road position or a consistent speed. Um, imagine the car in front of you on the motorway that's meandering around and crossing the lane line and all this. There's a good chance that they are not concentrating on what they're doing, and that that could be any number of reasons as to why they're they're not concentrating. But obviously, using a phone is one of the popular ones. Um, you're more likely to tailgate if you're using a phone and streaming and driving. Um, you will have increased reaction times and take longer to brake and stop, which again runs that risk of, of uh, rear-end collisions with the cars in front. Um, and you're more likely to enter unsafe gaps in traffic because you're not really thinking and judging speed and distance correctly because you're focused somewhere else. Um, so those are an, an, a, a number of factors that can come into play. Okay, I'm going to come back to the three of us now. Slight adjustment, and my next question, and then it's over to see what uh, what's going on. Is it's an offence in the UK, and if it is, what's the what happens? The penalties. Um, right. This is a this is a complicated area, um, and there's there's a whole lot of stuff that i could talk about here around the offenses but as far as the uk mobile phone legislation is concerned which came into play in 2003 is that if your phone is not handheld well then you are not committing a mobile phone offense in order to commit the offense of using a mobile phone whilst driving it has to be handheld and it has to be performing an interactive communication function. Um, so live streaming, making a phone call, sending a text, that communication function has to be going on. Um, this is why we have hands-free car kits because and and you know uh, that used to have to be built in manually years ago but now come as standard don't they bluetooth hands-free car kits that will allow you to operate your phone without actually holding it so you don't commit the offense so um in order, so in order to commit that offense you need to be holding the phone and, and be involved in an interactive communication function there are other offences that can come into play such as not being in proper control of a motor vehicle because you're holding your phone or you're concentrating on your phone and doing something else with your phone that means that your driving is being affected um, holding the phone or in a cradle but you're concentrating so much on what's going on on your phone if you imagine sort of i'm looking straight ahead driving and my phone is down here in a cradle 
pointing at me whilst I drive. I shared a video of a guy doing that this morning on Periscope. But um, you're looking down at the phone, then looking back at the road and looking down at the phone. And so um, that can affect your ability to maintain your position. So therefore, you're not in proper control of the vehicle. If you're involved in a collision or something happens of a more serious nature or your driving is significantly impaired beyond that of a normal driver, well, then you can be looking at driving without you caring attention or worse. Um, so it's a difficult one. Um, I think personally, the, the, the biggest problem that we have at the moment in the UK with the mobile phone legislation, and, and we are not... Um, in comparison to some places, in some places in the United States, they're only just banning handheld mobile phone use. Wow. Um, some states are completely onto hands-free and all the rest of it, but some some um, states are just going to say, we've decided we're going to ban handheld mobile phone um, use by drivers, anything. You've got a great opportunity there to go from, you can use your phone however you like, to don't use it at all and leapfrog all that hands-free handheld stuff and go straight to where the safety factor is. Um, but often they sort of take small steps as opposed to huge ones. Um, but the legislation in the UK came into play in 2003. In 2002, a study by the Transport Research Laboratory, TRL, had produced statistics and evidence to show that if you were using a handheld or hands-free mobile phone, your reaction times increased more than somebody who was at the drink drive limit. So before the legislation came out, there was evidence to show that hands-free and handheld phone calls were as dangerous as somebody at the drink drive limit. But the legislation didn't reflect that. Right, just to bring us up to date on our comments that are coming in, uh, mm -hmm. Karen Cannon is saying, I keep trying to make this point to people who do this. Hands-free is, is still distracted, and it's different to talking to a passenger in some way. Okay, I'll come Very back to that point. Yeah, yeah. 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 okay, yeah. sorry, Neil. Yeah. Yep. Uh, right, okay, and... Also with us today is Paul Cordings, and Paul is saying, Paul. Uh, yeah. uh, Paul. Neil, you should post the carrot and knife video again. Very impactful and thought-provoking. I am going to. It's on YouTube. It's on my YouTube channel, and that will be going out today. Um, that's um, just for sort of clarity. I will post it later, but you know these people who do this thing where they have a knife and their fingers splayed, and they do the, the, the knife between the fingers really, really yeah. fast? Um, well, I did it really slowly with a knife, um, and then I replaced my fingers with carrots because I don't want to stab myself in the finger. <laughs> well, no. Um, and and no. used carrots as an example of my fingers, and then did it with my eyes closed, not looking at what I'm doing. It's taking your eyes off the job in hand. And, of course, immediately I'm stabbing into the carrots, and you think, well, if you take your eyes off the road. The, uh, so, yes, I will share that, Paul. Yeah, I've got it um, in my list of things to do. You must have a long list of things to do. Anyway, a comment from Karen uh, is, I rarely have the radio on. Now, uh, 
being honest, it's too too busy concentrating on driving. And from Paul again, the biggest problem we have uh, is drivers who are focused on the penalties and not the dangers, and they're putting themselves and others road use at risk. So basically, I just paraphrase is is it uh, should be focused on the driving, not on the fines you get. Uh, I think I know what Paul's what, what Paul's telling us there is that um, Paul is um, a sergeant with the North Yorkshire Roads Policing Group, um, big supporter of Don't Stream and Drive, and and, and a massive advocate for road safety. Um, and um, people do focus on the penalty, um, and and I think one of the other things that people do is they that that. Within any sort of legislation like this, where there, where there is a penalty that's imposed um, if you're caught engaged in this kind of type of behaviour, is that there needs to be a fear of being caught. And if there's no fear of being caught, well, suddenly the penalty doesn't make any difference. Um, and so it becomes problematic then to try and enforce it because um, people think, well, I'm not going to get caught, so I might as well take the risk. Um, so that that creates problems in itself um and there's also an awful lot of self um confirmation or self affirmation bias which basically means that people will quite readily and quite happily criticize other people who use their phones whilst they're driving but will also say but but i'm okay because i'm i'm safe and i never touch mine and i anything no you're not so there's so like everybody else is bad but i'm okay because i do it safely and uh, that that creates another problem as well john and i know somebody who does that and he's certain that he's quite safe driving because he puts the cam on the dashboard before he sets off he never looks at it whilst he's driving and uh, there are people that are we never going to persuade just anyway over to a point from okay. sue butcher uh, and if you want to speak about Sue in a moment, but I'll just read Sue's comment out, if I may. Uh, one of the issues I've come across is that employees find that in order to do their job, they cannot take phone calls when driving. Uh, can't, oh, sorry, they can't not take phone calls when driving. This is a particular issue with salespeople and people who drive between loads of appointments every day. The onus here is on the employer, who is in effect making it impossible not to use your phone absolutely i what did we ever do before the mobile phone how did we ever make any business and how did we ever successfully run businesses before the mobile phone if the mobile phone is so essential to day-to-day -day business um and so you can't write a report or complete a sales ledger or your profit and loss account whilst you're driving down the road um but suddenly because of the technology and the fact that and how um how improved mobile phones have become, the mobile phone has now become this essential business tool that allows people to conduct business in between their appointments. Um, and so there are so many people on the roads using the mobile phones whilst they drive because it's, an, it's now become deemed and accepted as a necessary part of the way that their business operates. Um, I've campaigned for a little while about this, and um, campaign is probably the wrong word. I've 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 raised and highlighted this a number of times, 
um, and always point to one company in, in particular um, as an example of best practice because I do believe that companies should now start looking at non-use policies for their mobile workforce. Um, when we think about um, the Milton Keynes crash on the M1 where as a, as a, a very quick scenario um, a truck driver um, who was tired and falling asleep stopped stationary in lane one not on the hard shoulder stopped in lane one and went to sleep foreign driver by the name of Masurak. Mas I can't remember his first name but Masurak. Um, it was in the early hours of the morning a minibus on the way to the airport that was full of people came up behind this HGV in lane one suddenly realized it was stationary didn't have enough time to get out into lane two to get past so had to come to a stop so now you've got a HGV and a minibus stopped in lane one on the motorway chap in a FedEx um, articulated lorry coming down lane one on his mobile phone talking to a friend now imagine now you've got unlimited minutes on your mobile phone you can just plug it in and have it on charge all the time and talk all night to your other drivers on the phone about football and or whatever and he said at the time I was talking we were talking about Trump and nonsense his whole vision was completely zoned in they call it I hate the term but they call it inattentional blindness David Wagstaff on his mobile phone just having a conversation but otherwise apparently not distracted and the phone call was hands-free therefore legal plowed straight into the back of the minibus at 56 miles an hour and crushed it between his truck and the truck that was in front of the minibus stationery and it killed eight people now if anybody says to me that a hands-free phone call is not distracting, I will point them straight to that because he was completely and utterly distracted and he's either not looking or he's looking but not seeing because he's so focused on his conversation that everything else that's of, of vital importance, driving his 40-ton truck safely, and, uh, is, um, is not gonna, uh, has gone out of the window. And so, um, we need to look at non-use policies. And the company that I always point to is Shell. Um, Shell UK, the oil company, um, they have a strict and rigid non-use policy. And if their staff are identified as using a mobile phone whilst they're driving their company vehicle or their truck or whatever it happens to be, they go into a discipline process. And you think, that's so enlightening and so encouraging but we need more people to get involved with that because it's become accepted practice that making calls whilst you drive around is perfectly normal and and the the additional problem that comes from that is the legislation in 2003 said hands-free is okay now we know that hands-free is not okay but for the last 16 years everybody's understood the legislation to believe that hands-free is okay and so the, the driving public have been conditioned into thinking it's safe when in reality it's not so now when you say to somebody you shouldn't even be making a hands-free call really and they go 
don't be ridiculous. It's legal. We've been doing that for years. And you think, yeah, that's because the information that you've had was wrong from the start. <laughs> right, just a note from, from Paul is saying, don't forget to mention uh, F. Well, can you read it, John? FOMO. FOMO. Right. Sorry. Is it, can you read the whole of it? We've become a generation who frightened we might miss something. Absolutely. Mobile phone FOMO, fear of missing out. Mobile phones in if you think two thousand and three and go back to sort of Nokia bricks and these old flip phones and all that sort of stuff, you could send a text and, and make a phone call. Some of them didn't even have an address book for goodness sake. You know, you didn't have very little functionality on them at all. And they've exploded in their functionality. So your mobile phone now is giving you a ping every time an email arrives. It's it's sending you a notification alert because something you're bidding on eBay um, has just um, um, you've just been outbid, or somebody bid on something that you're trying to sell, or WhatsApp is sending you notification that somebody sent you a message, and Facebook is sending you a message, and Facebook pages, if you've got some of those, are sending you pages saying somebody's followed your page or somebody's sent a message to your page. There are so many alerts and notifications and we want to be this completely switched on always on type culture that we've become that means that the phone sits there in a cradle you're not making any hands you're not making any hands free or handheld calls you're not doing anything else but your phone is over here in a cradle going ping 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 and that fear of missing out drives you to look at it and if you're only glancing at it just to go oh it's something to do with ebay i'll have a look when i get to the shops or wherever you go and get to work but it's that bit that's the problem um one of the things we talk about with don't stream and drive is we say that um with periscope you get the comments that come through on the broadcast so you can read the comments and reply to the people that are watching if you're driving and you take your eyes off the road read the comment focus your reply, look back up to the road again and regain situational awareness, which will probably be limited because you've got tunnel vision, it can take five or six seconds. At 40 miles an hour, that's the length of a football pitch, blindfolded. Anything, anything could happen in that space of time. So, um, But we do, fear of missing out has become a, a big problem. People can't leave their devices alone. It's be, they've become an extension of our hands to the point that they can't put them down or leave them alone i um i have my phone on permanent do not disturb mm -hmm. and i almost always now call people back yeah unless um, I'm not in the car yeah and even then i've forgotten to take it off do not disturb so yeah. <laughs> i invariably look at my phone to discover i've missed three calls yes yeah um, happier with it like that to be honest yeah i i i my phone um picks up automatically as soon as i'm moving and and just jumps into do not disturb mode um and then i get no alerts i get no notifications if somebody sends me a text message it sends a message back to say i'm driving i'll read your message when i come to a stop um and then it but it also says if it's urgent prefix it with urgent and then I'll get the notification, at which point I think, wait a minute, that's a text message notification. It shouldn't be coming through. It must be urgent. Therefore, I can stop, pull over at the side of the road and see what it's about. Um, 
phone calls. I've not quite bottomed this with my iPhone yet. Phone calls, it should block my phone calls, except people in my favorites list, but it doesn't appear to do that. Um, and I'd add there that even if it's somebody who's in my favorite list that calls, um, I tend to not answer it, stop, call them back, or answer it and say, I'm driving, I'm stopping, wait a minute, and I pull over and won't say anything else until I'm stopped, engine yeah. off. And then I say, right, I've stopped, I've got the engine off, what's the matter? You know, Because then you're in a position to take the call sensibly. You can just imagine, you think, well, you're taking a phone call from your partner um, and you're driving and it could be, where are you? Oh, I'm five minutes away. Or it could be, I've just had a phone call from the school. There's been an accident. Little one's going to hospital. We need to get, and then you think, Ugh! and you're driving while you're taking that information. That could have all sorts of consequences, couldn't it? It's just horrific. So I'm always stopped. I don't okay. go anywhere near the mileage I used to do, of course, which is, mm -hmm. um, you know, a big key difference. Yeah. This when is, I, this, when yeah. I was younger, I would con not not think, you know, ill of doing 35, 40,000 miles a year because I covered mm -hmm. the whole of the UK. Yeah. I consider a trip to Tamworth, which is 17 miles to be a trip out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like, I mean, many years ago before I joined the police, I, I, I drove vans for a dispatch company and I was logging up 100,000 miles a year. Um, and you think 100,000 miles a year. And if I think about that now with a mobile phone as well, because we didn't have mobile phones in those days. We had a two-way radio. Um, yeah. Other than that, we had nothing. Um, and you think how much phone use would now become part of that that sort of work and that's a real danger um you know you think about all the things that come into driving that affect people's ability to drive um you know fatigue you put fatigue with a mobile phone with other you know you think crikey it's just it, there's that all the problems are just piling up on top that you know the, the outcome is almost inevitable so but um I still see idiots, though. Um, I, I had a near miss on Sunday. Mm -hmm. I was queued to turn right at the traffic lights, and there was a red Fiesta coming towards, coming downhill. I was turning right, and the road goes downhill. And yeah. uh, she was on her phone. She actually had it in her hand, and she went straight through the red lights. And if mm. I hadn't realised that she wasn't watching the lights... She's broadsided me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is it, because it's so focused on one thing that everything else goes out of the window. And that's the difficulty. That's like with the carrot thing. You're so focused on something else that you're actually stabbing yourself in the finger while you're trying to keep an arm. And, you know, I'll post that later. It, it is a good, good example of, of, of where, you, where your focus and attention needs to be, where you're doing something, where you could really, really hurt yourself. Or somebody else. Would you like to talk for a moment about the people who are supporting uh, Don't Stream and Drive 2019? Oh, gosh. Um, yeah, there are so many. Um, there really are. Um, when I look back to... I always, I've not done it this year. 
because um, things have been different this year. But for the last three years, I've always created an image and put the logo of every organisation, police force or whatever that has said, yes, we've signed up to the Thunderclap and we'll support Don't Stream and Drive. And when I look back to 2016, it's the Don't Stream and Drive logo and a few sort of logos peppered around. And then you look at 2017 and there's a, there's a, a, a good increase. And you look at 2018 and it was like, Boom! The whole thing was full. The logos were going so small to get them all on one PowerPoint slide image that sometimes you couldn't even see who they were. Um, but um, to put some context to that, Thunderclap um, went out of business last year because of the changes Twitter made to the API because of fake news and things and the fact that it was potentially linked to spam. So although it was a great tool for us, um, it was being abused by some people and therefore it, it, it didn't fit with Twitter's new terms of business. And so it, it just went out of business overnight. Um, so this year I've gone down the more traditional route that a lot of organizations use, which is create a media pack, send that information out to all the people who you think you can support. So that went out to everybody that's previously supported um, Don't Stream and Drive Day. Um, and I've had a lot of positive responses, and even from, from the sort of couple of hours that I've been looking at social this morning, um, is that there are a lot of organisations that have previously supported the campaign who are coming in and putting content out. Um, I can't name them all. Um, I've certainly seen um, content from Staffordshire Police. I've certainly seen content from Leicestershire Police. Um, the AA um, are involved, and their president has been posting content. Um, Devon and Cornwall Fire and Rescue, um, um, Avon and Somerset um, Police and Crime Commissioner, Devon and Cornwall's Police and Crime Commissioner, uh, a couple of um, neighbourhood policing teams out in South Wales have been involved. So it's all starting to pick up. So there's lots of police forces involved and, and community neighbourhood teams and road policing policing teams that are all getting involved. There's a whole... I've, I, I often go through all the businesses and things first and then come to the most important bit afterwards. So I'm going to switch that over and say the most important people that support Downstream Drive are like you guys who support me every year and help me with the video and the live stuff on the day. And Stephen, you've done far more than I could have expected or hoped for for me this year with all the bot work on the TCS page and all that sort of stuff, which is great. Um, but it's the police officers around the country who are on social who understand the nuts and bolts about why I do this and feel happy and comfortable sharing the content. Members of the public who supported me for years, who get behind it and share um, um, the information, the message, which is fantastic. But then we've got um, road safety organizations, Brake Charity, Road Safety GB, um, Police Professional Magazine, Erwin um, Mitchell solicitors have been a great support over the years uh, and have had me at a, a number of their events talking to people about Don't Stream and Drive. Um, we've got, um, as I said, police forces, fire and rescue services, um, um, individual private companies, um, you know, I even saw something this morning. There's, and I, I've never seen them previously as a supporter, but they put a tweet out this morning to say 
that um, that they were supporting the Don't Stream and Drive Day and that all their efforts of, of use on the road was uh, around safety. And that's a company that I've seen on the roads over the years for, for decades, which is a, a transport haulage company called Knights. And they're from a place called Old. And so the side of their trucks say, Knights of Old. <laughs> um, but I've seen a tweet from them this morning, and I know the company. I've had no contact with them or association with them. Right. You just sort of see how people are picking up the message. Um, but then specifically for sort of special things, I mean, Paul Cording always gives me lots of great support. Chris Harris from Norfolk, Sergeant Chris Harris, also gives me lots of great support um, and have been brilliant over the years. Um, Lee Thomas, Constable Chaos, um, has always done great work as well. Uh, and then this year as well, we've got things like Sue Butcher, who's given us access to the metrics on her company's um, social media tracking software, which is invaluable to me um, and, and great. So I'm really grateful, you know, and it's just, it always, um, I always find it quite humbling how people are prepared to get behind it and help because they see how important it is too. And that's, what better um, support can I have than people who willingly volunteer their time and their resources to to support it because they believe in it? John's John's on his way back. Um, I, it, it, it's a team, isn't it? It's a very it's a growing team. That's growing. It is, and it's it's grown year on year. It really does get bigger. This year is a bit of an unknown because I've had to deal with it in a different way. Thunderclap was a great way of getting people involved because you could get them to sign up to the Thunderclap, and if they did that, they could ev effectively forget about Don't Stream and Drive from that point onwards. But I knew that Thunderclap would send a social message on their behalf on that day um this year we've not got that so we're relying more on people's goodwill and relying more on people's um ability to remember or to schedule content for the day so that they know that it's going to go out um you know there's some big hitters over in america chris strub um has posted content this morning already um and i know that i've got content hopefully coming that's scheduled from joel com and also from Brian Fanzo, who are a massive social media guys over in the States. I'm sure you, you both know that, know those two. We um, do. And they're, they're going to push content out and have been great supporters. So it, 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 it is a huge team of people who, who, who are prepared to get behind it. And, it. and it's quite humbling, to be honest, when you look and you think, crikey, you know, over the, over the years, a reach of over 100 million people is just insane. But, but brilliant at the same time. Right. Now, as uh, Neil said, Thunderclap disappeared, um, which left a hole. And what we've been doing is if you type DSAD in the comments, don't stream and drive in the comments, then you'd be taken over to Facebook Messenger. And at 11.30 this morning, you've got 40 minutes to get there. 11.30 this morning, you'll get a broadcast message and it will give you three tweets and you can tweet out one of them, two of them, or three of them? Or all of them. Yeah. Or all of them. Yeah, do them all. Do them all. Uh, you basically, you've got tweet one, tweet two, and tweet three. You've got a picture of each, so you can decide which one. Uh, press the tweet button. It takes you over to a website called Click to Tweet. You press the tweet button. That's it. And that tweet will then go out. Every yeah. single tweet counts. So if you can do all three, please do. If you're signed up before 11.30, you'll get the message. 
If you sign up after 11.30, we're running again at six o'clock tonight. So you've got two chances and all you need to do is type DSAD in the comments. And the beauty of it is that if you sign up this year, then you're already there for 2020. 2020, so, yeah. Yep, so join the uh, messenger just by typing DSAD in the comments and everything else is taken care of. And to the persons who, well, we did, we, this is a set of flux, we're trying different things. So if we miss a beat, our apologies, we will have it down pat next year. Okay. Yeah, it's certainly been a learning process for me. And as I said before, I'm very grateful for all the help and support you've given me with that. And I still don't fully understand <laughs> it all, I don't think. Which, But that's fine because I don't need to understand it. What I, what I do understand is that I've seen it in operation and I know that it works. Um, and so um, that's great stuff. Um, Steve's got a course on it, you know. <laughs> uh, yes. I've just had a quick look at the stats um, and we're up to 14 million impressions. Brilliant. So it's it's growing all the time. It's brilliant. All right. Um, Message from Paul. Thanks, Paul. Thank you. Right. Okay. Now, I. I, unfortunately, I don't have the source for this, so, but I did read it. I know I read it. The police force uh, in the south of England are actually trying, trying out a device which can tell whether a mobile phone is switched on in a car and transmitting. Yes, they can. Can you tell us more about that? This is a sign that um, has been I, developed. I did, isn't it? Yeah, it's been developed by a company called Westco Tech. Um, the the owner of Westco Tech is a former chief inspector, um, uh, a lovely guy, and um, he went to work for that company, and that was his only intention, just to go and work for them. And he went to work for them, and within a very short space of time, so somebody, they said to him, well, we think you should take this business on and run it, and, and he's ended up as, as the head of the business. It's now his business. Um, they launched these signs at the TISPOL, um, the European Traffic Police Network, TISPOL, uh, at their annual conference in 2017. And what these do is they, they scan down the road and will identify um, traffic coming towards them like your normal um, speed signs that flash up and go, it's a 30 and they flash the thing at you or it's a 40 mm -hmm. whatever it be. Uh, works on that technology but in addition to that um, it also detects if a mobile phone is in use if a mobile phone is in use the sign then illuminates so you've got a a car coming towards you b mobile phone signal being detected and in use boom the sign illuminates with the picture of a mobile phone with a line through it can uh, detect bluetooth as well though can't yeah, it? yeah it can so what it, it's not infallible and and i think um wesco tech would be more than happy to accept that because it can't differentiate between the driver and the passenger so it could be the passengers on the phone and and the, and the sign flashes up but if you think about it and i i fully endorse this sign because if you think about it, if you're driving down the road and your passengers on the mobile phone and you're driving perfectly safely and then this sign goes and it lights up with a mobile phone um, and, a, and a warning line through it, you're all, oh, 
that's interesting. Never seen one of those before. Doesn't apply to me because I'm safe. But blimey, it's picked up your phone. It's sowing seeds, isn't it, for me? It's, you know, throwing the seeds out and, and that that may just sort of lodge into certain people's sort of um, mindsets and go, oh, yeah, mobile phones. Don't use your phone while you're driving, obviously. Um, and so it seeks to act as a sort of reminder and um, a deterrent to some degree and a behavior changer by sort of showing that it can pick up that information and it could have been you that was on the phone whilst you were driving so you know i think i, I think you know that there's room for those to expand and grow as technology develops but i think what a great start and and i think hampshire was it hampshire stephen i think hampshire have have, have, have launched them first or maybe thames valley yeah. or both yeah. one of the other mm. certainly that neck of the woods yeah uh, Chris Spinks, I think his name is. Chris Spinks is the owner of the company Wesco Tech. Um, but yeah, they're you know right and and doing it and you know they're a business and they're there to make money, which is which is perfectly acceptable. But they've got a real strong road safety ethic behind them as well, which is great. You know they're they're doing it all for the right reasons. Do you think things will change when we have self-drive cars? Or do you think we will get self-drive cars? That's the first question. Um, do I think we'll get self-drive cars? Yes, I think we will eventually. Um, I certainly don't think that the infrastructure and everything that we need <coughs> for self-drive cars um, is there yet. And that's going to take, in my view, decades and decades to be implemented. Um, but the car manufacturers seem to be in a, a rush to outdo one another in order to be the first people to say, look, we've got a fully autonomous car and, and it's, you know, the safest thing ever. Um, so I suppose in competition terms, that's probably quite good because it's going to drive the technology onwards. Um, I'm a bit old school. I quite like driving cars. I quite like being involved and in, in that engagement that comes with driving a car. Um, the prospect of sitting back and letting the car do it makes me go, well, why would I do that? I enjoy driving. That was something that I like doing and always have. Um, the, the biggest danger for me as we go through this, um, these development stages is that cars will have limited autonomy that will still require driver interaction. But I think we know from the, the crash in... Um, Arizona was it Uber in Arizona where they were doing the autonomous vehicles? Yeah, and he was, he was inbound streaming, wasn't he? Yeah, they were watching television or something. Weren't the they? voice. Yeah, so they're watching TV on their phone, and you think, what that technology? You, the you, your logical mindset says, if the car is taking some of those responsibilities from you, that means you've got more capability to be even safer. What it actually seems to do is you sort of say, well, the car's got hold of that, so I can play chess on my phone or watch TV. I can do something else. Not I can devote more of my resources to road safety. I can do other things that I couldn't do while if I was driving. So I almost think that until we've got a car that is completely safe, drives you from A to B and you could be fast asleep from one end of the journey to the other, wake up and you parked up outside the location where you need to be, well then we're going to have some huge issues with road safety because people will just 
put too much faith and too much confidence in the in the automation that the car provides um and and by doing so relax their own um their own road safety sense if you like so the future is well the future is autonomous cars the tellers the future is electric cars the future is all those um uh, kind of things and you know um uh, the european union have just made an, an announcement haven't they? they're going to put um speed no no I, i'll get this wrong it's it's not is it speed limiters or speed Del controls delimiters or, or something that the some speed control that's going into modern cars is going to um sort of allow the driver to still have control but the car will certainly reach a point and say well it's 30 down here i mean we've got cars now that you know they'll pick up the speed from a sat nav and say this road is 30 miles an hour so they'll say that you should be driving at 30 uh, and the car will limit itself to 30 miles an hour but if you put your foot down it will accelerate beyond 30 miles an hour we've also got cars now that if you're on a 30 mile an hour road but the roadworks are out and they put signs up that say 20 it's reading the road signs and going hang on a minute it should be 30 but i've just read a road sign that says it's 20 and drops your speed again so there's things like that coming into play which will be useful and i think mobile phones and the use of them will evolve in similar ways um the future for don't stream and drive this is an interesting one um one of the things that i often think about is that i've got just under two years to go within the police at what at which point i can no longer be sergeant tcs because I'll, I'll i'll be mr juice and smith as opposed to sergeant juice and smith um so i've got to start looking then about what i'm going to do with the campaign do i run the campaign as an individual do i keep it going do i keep working with it do i keep running with it do i end up in employment for a road safety organization or or or, um, or a research body or the government or the department of transport or highways england or anything like that where i can still have a road safety role um but um or do i look to pass the campaign on and allow somebody else to add their um unique insights and angles to it who's still within the policing context and then give them my support i don't know but um where the campaign goes will remain to be seen but the future as i see at the moment is that this distraction is not going away and it's going to take us decades to to work through um i mean in 20 i think it was 2017 um we'd hit 50 years of campaigning against drink drive from when the initial um blow in the bag breathalyzer introduced in 1967. we had 50 years of campaigning against drink drive and drink drive is still an issue nowhere near as bad as it used to be nowhere near but it's still a problem and i think distracted driving and in 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 any way with the mobile phone and in particular with streaming and driving is such a big problem that it and it's almost socially accepted at the moment like drinking and driving was that it's just part of what we do and it's okay we it's what we do 
And so it's going to take us decades to rectify that, to help people understand that it's not actually it's not okay. Um, and so who knows, in 50 years time, I'll be over 100 <laughs> if I'm still here. But who's, who's to say that in 50 years time, somebody's saying, look, we still can't, you know, it all started in 2016 with Don't Stream and Drive Day, and it's much less of a problem than it ever used to be, but it's still there. And I think it will probably, empirically, I think we've got a lot of evidence to show that it will probably follow the same sort of path, and it will take many, many years to, to um, significantly reduce it. Probably never eliminate it. It'd be nice to eliminate it, but significantly reduce it to the point where it's socially unacceptable like drink driving is now to most right-minded people all right before john closes the show which is tradition okay. uh just a reminder to everybody the messenger broadcast goes out at 11 30 today and 6 p.m today and mm -hmm. neil would you like to sort of summarize today uh and what it means yeah it's it's all about um the uh, there, are, there are a few people over the years who've sort of come to me and said, well, what's the point in a don't stream and drive day and, and, and how's that going to stop people streaming and driving? And, and, and um, it's, it's a very difficult thing to identify in traditional ways um, as police officers to detect and therefore prosecute people for. Um, and so... You say, well, what's the point of that if you're not prosecuting anybody for it? But the purpose of the campaign has always been to raise that level of awareness, help people understand that it actually happens. So many people who come to me and say, I didn't even know that was a thing. Why? It's so sad that we even need a don't stream and drive day. No. Um, but it's just to sort of raise that awareness in people who don't understand it's even a thing raise that awareness and bring it to the attention of people are doing it so they can understand the dangers behind it and understand the theory behind why we're saying it's dangerous as opposed to just sort of saying it's dangerous don't do it and not giving any evidence to back up why just sort of say it's dangerous and this is why and we're talking about eyes hands cognitive distractions we're talking about um how your vision tunnels and all these kind of things um and so as far as the day is concerned it's about sharing the message it's about making that hashtag visible on social as much as possible so that it crosses the radar of as many people that we can possibly get it in front of it might be that if somebody's timeline sees one tweet with don't gets one tweet with don't stream and drive in it they won't see it but if they get half a dozen it might just yeah. be the thing that draws them in and goes I've seen that about six times today now. What is it? Bang, click, they look, they see. Oh, I see. I, well, I didn't know that was the thing. Or, ooh, I've done that in the past. Probably right. I shouldn't really. Um, it, it always takes me back to the very first person in Florida that I called out for streaming and driving. Um, and something that I, I stopped doing very quickly, but I challenged him in his broadcast, and I, I suddenly thought, what if he has a crash reading my comment saying what you're doing is dangerous? That's, you know, not good. But he went live about half an hour later, sat outside a coffee shop in Florida, and he said, I've just been called out by a policeman in the UK for live streaming while I was driving, and you know what? He's absolutely right. It never even crossed my mind that it was so stupid to do. And for me, I've always said, don't stream and drive was a complete success from that point because we've changed the behavior of one person.
and he then becomes an advocate for it and you hope that they'll talk to other people and they'll talk to other people and the message just continues to spread and grow and the more people know about it the more people can sort of contemplate whether or not they see it as dangerous or not but whether or not and also whether or not it helps them to change their behavior um around mobile phone use in general um in the car so it's post share put the put the hashtag on everything you know yeah. even i'm i've replied to a lot of tweets this morning and, I, and i've kicked myself because what i should do is i should reply instead of just saying thank you or thank you for your support i should put thank you for supporting don't stream and drive day because we're getting the hashtag in again and we're using the hashtag it's about using the hashtag and getting the message out there as much as possible totally totally and yep. uh over to john to close this show and we will be back at two o'clock this afternoon two o'clock yeah yeah john. so um in my usual way it's goodbye from him and it's goodbye from him even if they are down there or over there or up there but thank you for watching us we will be back at two with an update and some more figures of where the campaign's going bye bye thank you see you later bye bye <laughs>